Dirty Hooers. Cross-Atlantic nitpicking about Doctor Who. From four grown adults who should probably know better. From four grown adults who should probably be working. We're not afraid to say it like it is. All the word bollocks. www.dirtywhoers.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. If you like that kind of thing. Geronimo! Fantastic. L on C. Cock. With your hosts. Number one assistant, Terry Lightfoot. Oolong Sputters Sputnik. Resident Pixie, Fuchsia Begonia. Lord President, Sam. Hi there, everybody who listens to this piece of shit. We are here to review two episodes in one go, The Rebel Flesh and The Almost People. This obviously had the biggest twist in the tale that you can possibly imagine, and if you're listening to this, then fuck it, because you're going to hear loads of spoilers. We won't try and spoil anything for the future, but if you haven't seen those two episodes, pause now, go see those two episodes, come back. Or don't, because it's rubbish, but that's beside the point. (laughs) Did you not enjoy? No, no, no. I meant coming back and listening to us, not the oh, episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and before I forget, we have a Facebook page now, which appears to be hotting up with commentary and other people posting stuff. So do call by our Facebook page and spam us. Don't forget the blog, etc., and all the crap that's in the intro that lasts about 20 minutes at the beginning of this piece of filth. Okay. We are quite famous, you know. Infamous. There's a difference. Well, yeah, there is. Because when we were down at MCM Expo trying to get an interview with Tony Lee this weekend, somebody walked past and actually recognised me by my voice and came up to talk to me. It is a bit oh, isn't it? Ooh. <laughs> and that you was sure. actually Tim from Tim's Take On Podcast. Oh, <laughs> He came to say hello, which was really lovely. Nice bloke, nice bloke. As many of the Doctor Who podcasters are, some of them I wouldn't touch with a 10 metre cattle brother, all drunks and idiots, but most of them are really nice. So, Rebel Flesh, written by Matthew Graham, as was Almost People. Directed by Julian Simpson, as was Almost People. Quite an ensemble cast. We have A Good Man Goes to War coming up next, which looks fucking amazing. Uh But let's get our ratings out of the way first, and we're rating these as two episodes. Just for amusement, Terry, would you like to describe the Dirty Whore's ratings? Oh, no! <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Thanks for setting me up. Three oh. months later. Uh, we, we, ha- uh, uh, our? That about says it all right there, kids. <laughs> our rating system is based on prostitutes and how much you'd pay them. And very cheap prostitutes at that. I like to think of it as 60s um, prostitutes since the money you pay them in the 60s. <laughs> 60s prostitutes. Yeah. I like to think of them as Rockford Files 70s prostitutes. Mm. So. I try not to so, think about it at all. <laughs> The highest paid prostitute that we have in our rating system is a $50 whore when you're just over the moon. The next one after that would be the $20 whore. And then comes the Affordable. $10 whore. And then we have the $5 whore. And then if it's really crap, there's the free BJ. Okay, so we've run out of time. Bye. You've been listening to... I really was in two minds about this as a two-parter as to whether to give it 10 or 20. And I'm going to go with... Oh.
so tricky. Oh, I'll explain why it's tricky later, but I'm going to go 10. 10. 20. I'm down. <laughs> you were. Yeah. You sure? I would have to go 10, and I suspect it's for very similar reasons to Ulon. What's up? I will go with the 20. These Americans have far lower standards than those Brits. They've got less IQ, 10 points less on average. It's the educational system. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck you off. Can't. It's just statistics, Terence. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love Amy Pond from Doctor Who. Not the, not the actress who plays her. She looks like a nightmare. But the actual character... <laughs> the character of Amy Pond I'm in love with and want to marry... The character. I'm prepared to marry the actress if she'll stay in character throughout the the entire wedding and marriage. But uh, if I, if she gave me a bag containing her dirty clothing, then I'd do all manner of disgraceful things to it. Even if I then dry cleaned Amy Pond's clothes after I'd done what I wanted with them, I don't think she'd like the idea of what had happened. Things I did enjoy about it, it was a great cast. The supporting characters, I thought, were just as good as any of the other performances in it. Rory didn't have a really good run of it. Amy didn't really have that much of a good run of it either. Very difficult what Matt Smith was doing, acting with himself. Some beautiful choreography there. And some nice nods, some nice reactions between the two Doctors. Nice twist in the tail. I do think it's weird that the Doctor now possesses technically sentient shoes. Yes, we were Mm. worried about that. Yeah. On the whole, it felt like something that was shot in a castle for the sake of it. I don't know, I would have liked to have liked it more than I actually did. Because mm. to be honest, it just sort of fell a little bit flat until you got to the last ten minutes of it, and that was just fucking mental. That was <laughs> nuts and blew my whole mind and understanding of the universe. That was fantastic. I loved that. I loved the fact that he was there because of the flesh and because of what he's suspecting, because of what he's been looking at in the monitor all the time. We got the payoff for the woman in the cell, who I don't think is the Rani at all. I'm sorry, Fuchsia, I don't think it's the Rani. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was just doing that to stir it because nobody'd mentioned it yet in this series. And you know what it's like? Every single year, it's like, it's oh, Amiga. the Rani's coming back. It's, it's the Rani. Yeah. It's Amiga. Yeah. Well, we, we <laughs> oh, now, as for Amiga, wait till we get to the preview. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. I want it to be Omega. Basically, that's me. It kind of fell a little bit flat. It's often a lot easier easier to review the really, really good ones or the really, really bad ones. I did think there was some fucking storming acting by the supporting cast in this, and for that alone, I would happily watch it again. Not just because there was multiple people talking to each other, and yeah, sure, the bit with the kid was really glib and things like that, but at least they got a kid in there for the kid audience. It wasn't very kid-orientated, though. It was a bit bloody scary at the end as well. Yeah. It's one of those who's that you'd have to vet. Not as bad as the first two in the season, I didn't think. You know, it didn't feel like any other era. It was in a castle, there was a nice ensemble cast, I wanted it to feel like a Pertwee but it didn't. It did feel like a Doctor Who but not a Doctor Who that I'm wild about. The first part I thought was actually quite weak. The second half was a lot, lot better. Yes, the ensemble cast was good. There was a few dodgy bits about, oh, he's sneezing, therefore he must be the human. Oh, he's got a ring around his neck so he has to be the human. Yeah, the sentient boot thing's quite funny. (laughs) Well, there's a way out of the cock-up at the beginning of the series, then. It was just yep. the continuity errors were amazing. The Doctor appears to be able to pull sonic screwdrivers out of his pockets like rabbits out of a hat. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Because, hang on, he just gave it to him, and now he's got one, and now he's chucked it back at him again. Yeah. It's far too much reliance on the sonic since Doctor oh. Who came back. The other thing as well that we noticed, the TARDIS actually falls through the floor the wrong way round. There's no doors. When it drops through the floor, they couldn't actually <laughs> get into it because she's facing the wrong way. And then in the next shot, oh, there's the door. They can get in. 
mean? Matt Smith was just absolutely wonderful playing against himself. I thought that was beautifully, beautifully done. And that really did make the beginning of that episode. I had no problem with the Doctor's actions, actually, when he disintegrated Amy. What I got annoyed about was Matthew Graham sitting in the confidential going, oh, well, it doesn't really matter because it's not like she's properly Amy. I'm sorry, but the last nearly two hours of your TV programme has been all about how the fact that it does matter because they're actually bloody human, really. Ah, uh, no, she wasn't yeah. human, really, though. It was just a connection to her. She was connected to it, and he was just breaking the connection. Right. It wasn't no, Amy, but, really. Sorry. See, no, but see, neither were those yeah. other people, and they've gone on about, oh, no, they are now right. human. They're going to be human, but, oh, because it's Amy, and it's not really Amy, also yeah, it doesn't matter at all. No, but the others were human because yeah. they'd had all the memories yeah. and stuff trapped in them. They're like forklift trucks with the driver's driving experience trapped but inside But none them. of the others were. None of the others in India, none of the others in the world, but they were going in to say, you have to give these creatures rights because they're sentient beings. They're becoming sentient beings. The flesh is evolving, yeah. So I had no problem with the Doctor disintegrating Amy because this Doctor is ruthless. That's what he would do. Kind of a bit stupid because it means that they know that he's coming. Oh, this Doctor isn't ruthless. He's a pussy. He is ruthless. There's a really easy way out of this, but no, I'm just going to (laughs) lobotomise a whale instead. Matt Smith just can't do angry for shit. I'm sorry, he can't. He's just like too cuddly. He's like a big teddy bear. Oh, I'm really... Oh, I could crush a grape. Remember in the TARDIS episode when Idris went back into the TARDIS mm-hmm. and he said, finish him finish off. Him. Yeah, one line with a cutaway at the end, whereas sometimes, you know, he does things that are fairly ruthless and you can see him sort of going, is that all right with everybody? Is that okay? He rings up the kid just as his flesh dad is complicit in murdering the human one or attempting to murder the human one. That's a ruthless thing to do. It's not just everything for the greater good. I saw that as an act of trying to bring people together. It was a bastard thing to do to someone. (laughs) It was. I don't see why you're thinking that. I don't get it. Yeah, I thought the Winger was way more ruthless. And Eccleston would drag (laughs) you into a corner and kick the living shit out of you. (laughs) You broke Terry again. Oh, my God. I love that. I saw a great cartoon recently, and it was the Doctor and Rose walking down the street, the last Doctor, and he had, like, one scoop of ice cream, and he was saying, it's the curse of the Time Lords, Rose, that I can only have one scoop. And then there was a picture beneath it of Matt Smith's Doctor, and it was like, yeah, fucking lay another scoop on me, baby, right there. (laughs) Yeah. Double chocolate. (laughs) I love that cartoon. Rory was very, very badly handled. I mean, Rory can be such a good character. Okay, fair enough. Somebody's actually paying attention to it, which must be fairly unusual for him, poor lad. Why are you running after somebody that you've spent no time with when you know you've only spent time with her duplicate? You want to know why? Think about Rory the Auton and how he had 2,000 years of that. And was he real? And was he really that stupid to fall for the, oh, this wheel's far too tough for a girl to turn? Oh, I nearly threw something at the screen yeah but he was being super supportive he was just being compassionate and I think he was also emulating the doctor a little bit only not as cool and with a bigger nose yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) and he is basically he's Mickey with a big nose no he's not Mickey he's fucking way awesomer than Mickey he's the tin dog Mickey no no I'll take Rory over Amy any time yeah so would I Rory is more heroic Rory is pussy whipped that's what Rory is that's the problem. Exactly.
Exactly. He's pussy whipped, but he's not Mickey. In the grand scheme of script creation and narrative, he's basically Mickey. He's the nappy roadie. He's Mm. there to take all the shit. I mean, to be fair, this was a damn sight better than it had any right to be given the previous excursion Matthew Graham had into Doctor Who, which, as we all know, was Fear Her. (laughs) Didn't he do Ashes to Ashes and stuff? Co-creator of Ashes to Ashes and Life on Mars, yeah. Which is great. Also, Bone Kickers, or as we prefer to call it in this household, Shit Kickers. I have no idea what that's about. It was trendy archaeologists <laughs> in the primeval vein. Yeah. And it was uh, awful. Oh, no. Bone kickers were dreadful. It was like crime traveler. It was just inexcusable. <laughs> <laughs> I think Doctor Who fans should be called whores. They're all whores. I am Sophie Aldred, and I am a dirty whore. Doctor's <laughs> obviously met the flesh before. Yeah. Point. And why the hell was he talking about cybermats? Oh, yeah. that was very interesting. Cybermats. Why did he bring that up? That got me all excited. No, they're not going to put Paul McGann in it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gave it a 20. I thought it was better than you guys. Yeah, it was very much like classic Doctor Who. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that cough looked at one. <laughs> I thought it was pretty traditional story, except a little better, you know, under siege situation, but not as predictable. I very much like the Doctor in this in that he was reminding me of Sylvester McCoy in that he knew I knew that was coming good noise in that he knew a lot more than he was giving away to the characters around him and to us he knows what the flesh is he mentions that it's early technology he's checking it out for a reason that we don't know until the very end I like that there was a bit of darkness going on there and when I watched it the second time through after I already knew which doctor was which you know, it's the real doctor who grabs her and shoves yes. her against the wall and yells at her. That's an angry doctor. He's not cuddly and teddy bearish there, Mr. Sputnik. Um, no, he's not supposed to be cuddly and teddy bearish. I'm just saying that Matt Smith can't play angry. But he played he it right quite there. Well there. Yeah, with his back to the camera and what he Oh, no. They showed his face. God, you were so tough. <laughs> I really like that. I also enjoyed very much the whole Frankenstein comparison metaphor thing that they had going on there when he was climbing up the tower and all the lightning. I love that whole thing. It was just very fun and it also brought to mind Paul McGann's movie with his regeneration and they also played on the Frankenstein theme. Loved all the lightning and everybody coming to life and becoming real people. I thought it was hilarious when they show that pipe that's says danger corrosive and the doctor pulls out his fucking magic wand and goes buzz they're piping something really corrosive <laughs> <in> these pipes <laughs> you think doctor really you had to use the fucking <laughs> magic wand to figure that out or yes he's a magic wand all the bloody time now that isn't he <laughs> it's like it says it in clear english or whatever <laughs> language that was and he has to hold it up to his eyes like he's got the reading on it as well yeah, yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Did the actors just not bring that up to the director? Oh, by the way, you know, it says what my script is telling me to say right there on the pipe. Maybe we should rewrite this little section of dialogue. I think the people were so busy freezing to death while they were filming it, they probably didn't give us stuff. My heart bleeds. They get to work on Doctor Who. They should have mattled. I enjoyed Rory's character. I did enjoy that he was having compassion for this girl and he was seeing it from a different point of view than everybody else and that he was trying to help her. I liked 
that, and I liked that he was going a bit rogue. He followed his heart, whatever he felt, wrong or right. Oh, bless his little beating plastic ventricles. Yeah, I thought he was a good guy. Rory is my hero. He follows his heart and takes heroic action. I like that when Jennifer says to him, Amy's a lucky girl. And he's like, oh, uh, yeah, she is. (laughs) Then he has this little vague moment where he stares out into space, and I just imagine him thinking of Amy in sexy, romantic ways. (laughs) And then he's like, yeah, we should go. (laughs) That was really cute. And that really swings the uniform. I wonder if during that moment the thought ever crossed his mind, is my wife dead because I deserted her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. shit. My other favorite Rory moment was when Jennifer's like, oh, I thought I was going to die. And he's like, yeah, welcome to my world. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, I didn't think it was that bad. I, I thought it was pretty entertaining. I liked it. I thought it had a good pace. And the ending upset me a bit. I loved it on one hand as a 40-something yeah. dirty hooer just going, fuck. Yeah! Awesome! Then I was thinking, if I was a mom and had kids, I'd be like, no, I don't want my kids to watch this. It was a bit harsh, a bit too adult. And then also, you know, there's a pile of dead flesh people who are still conscious. That was harsh. Do you know, I'm starting to think that it's 2011, that we've got a new executive producer in Moffat, and that it is just going to be a bit tougher. It's going to be a bit darker. And occasionally you're going to get a more kiddie episode. And I know I've stood up for this and gone like, no, it should be a family show. But maybe this is 2011. Maybe families can cope with this now. I'm starting to think, you know, maybe it's just sort of like the gothic episodes with Tom Baker and people were complaining about it being violent back then. Maybe I'm just worrying too much about it. You know, kids watch a lot of vicious, what do you call those, video games? What do you call those things? Video games? Computer games. games. Yeah, computer Mm. games. Wow. Where did we meet again? Didn't we meet in one of those newfangled things? If I was a kid and I saw some of the images that Doctor Who is putting out now, I would have been fucking traumatized. I mean, I remember being very traumatized by things in Twilight Zone and Night Gallery. You know, I think Stephen Muffet is going for a family show, and I think he's going for a show for his family. I agree, yeah. When you look at the age of his son, and I've said that in previous weeks about him, he's not writing for the six or seven-year-old. He's writing for his son. And if you think about the average geeky teenage boy that's going to sit down and watch Doctor Who every week, it's perfect. I was really torn between 10 or $20. What finally changed my mind was a couple of things, actually. The overall story was a good sci-fi premise with a great message. And I always thought that good sci-fi should have a good moral message. I like the story. I like the message. And I thought the doctor, both of them, were brilliant. And I totally disagree with you, Ulan, on his ability to play angry. Because when Matt Smith plays the doctor angry, it seems a little bit like Tom Baker angry. The silliness is still visible, but you just don't want to fuck with him. Oh. (laughs) Tom Baker had a certain gravitas, which he put into that, which wasn't in his normal doctor. And I don't find that with Matt Smith. Don't get me wrong. I think Matt Smith's a great doctor. But when he says these lines that are supposed to carry across the time war, and I've killed hundreds of thousands and all this sort of stuff, it just looks like he's slightly embarrassed to say them because it doesn't feel natural to him. You know, I think you worded it the right way, though, when you said it looks like. I get the angry inflections very well, but Matt Smith as a person has such weird 
body language and posture. Mm, yes. That I think he's acting it really well, but there's just something about the way he's built and moves. It's not that he's still being flippant and can't act angry. It's that I just don't think we know how to process that guy's body language because he's mm. just really strange. I think they get people to play the Doctor Who are characters. Yeah. Every single one of them has <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you have to take that character and tweak it to do certain lines yeah. to get certain stuff across. And even with McCoy, and I know certain people here aren't a massive fan, but he was very much a comic book character. The stuff he'd done prior to this, I've seen him hammer nails into his nose in Secret Policeman's Ball and play the spoons and things. And yeah, sure, there was a certain element of that, but I just get the feeling that this Doctor is, and always has been, so Matt Smith. And I don't think Matt Smith's got an angry bone in his body unless, oh, somebody's taking me ice cream or something and then I'm slightly mm. beat. I agree with Sad. Sometimes he delivers these lines. It feels like he's repressing a very deep darkness. I mm. get a real heavy vibe off of it. At any rate, I like the Doctor's character. My biggest issue... Here's a surprise for all of you. The TARDIS, but not specifically the TARDIS, the TARDIS's use as a tool. A couple weeks ago, I bitched and moaned, and I do this every time they do it, when they do the timey-wimey stuff. When the doctor jumps in the TARDIS and goes back in time six minutes and materializes sideways on a building so that he can catch someone falling. Crap like that. Because now, every time they don't do that, they have to somehow take away access to the TARDIS, or else I didn't he just do it? So does that mean our choices now are going to be timey-wimey or the TARDIS sank in acid miraculously right above a hallway that flipped it around the other direction? It wasn't a miracle. She already knew that that was going to happen, so she landed in that spot. And also, the TARDIS has always been in peril. We've seen a fall off cliffs. We've seen Pertwee and Joe stand there and go, oh, shit, are we going to get that back? I think there's a difference between them being marooned from the TARDIS and and being forced into an adventure and them being marooned from the TARDIS because the writer went, fuck, I can't have the TARDIS because there's no story if we do. It bugs me. If the TARDIS is accessible, why doesn't he just use it to fix the plot within the first four minutes? Now, the TARDIS has always been the means to getting them to the adventure. It's not a resolution of the plot in and of itself. And I think that was a dangerous road to go down. And now they've done it enough times that obviously they had to find a way to take away their crutch in this episode or there was no story. Because when you're racing against the clock, what the hell's the point when you have a time machine and its pilot doesn't give a fuck about the rules? Oh, it doesn't need to anymore. Time lords have gone. Or they could just ignore that in the story, which I'm sure they will. Yeah, I'm sure they will too, and it's not going to apply. I loathed Rory in this episode. Every time he <laughs> appeared on screen, I wanted to beat the dumbass within an inch of his life. Actually, no, I just wanted to hold a lighter up to him and see what happened. First of all, make up your damn mind. Either you're doting over your wife and don't believe she can take care of herself and you don't trust the doctor, or you're just going to wander off and put her life in his hands. Which is it from episode to episode? There's no consistency. He spends 2,000 years waiting for her, which suggests a phenomenal level of devotion. And then the first time someone reminds him of that 2,000 years, he wanders off of them? I mean, maybe when he was wandering off with her because she wasn't really human and he sympathized, which I get. I like that. Maybe it would have crossed his mind what he was being reminded of. You know, waiting for his wife, who was now off 
potentially dying. Said, do you not think that maybe he felt confident enough in the doctor? But he didn't two weeks before. He said as much. Mm. He doesn't really trust the Doctor, which is something I've actually kind of liked about Rory's character. Mm-hmm. I like that twist. And now all of a sudden yeah. he implicitly trusts him when there's two of him? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I understand. Okay, so you just put enough of them around and Rory's okay with it. What? <laughs> Do you know what? Something that actually pissed me off a bit, and it has no right to have pissed me off, it just annoyed me. The whole reverse the polarity of the neutron flow, and uh, would you like a jelly baby and all that? Oh, I like that mm-hmm. bit. No. No. No, 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 Fuchsia. No, he's got no right to. This is how I felt, and I'm Who just, I'm not no saying, right? I'm Who? not, Moffat? Matt Smith. How? Very fucking dare they. Really? Really, that's how really? I felt. Yep. Wow. But it's the doctor. I it's know, I know. Smith. I know, there's Aww. no reason why the doctor couldn't do it. Aww. But I just felt a teensy bit violated. Aww, that's so cute. I, I see why Thank you're coming Thank you for taking away my masculinity there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you deserved it after that, Colin. <laughs> I see why you're feeling that. Because I'm going like, up mute no. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was because they used the voices. It was such a shock for me. Who was the other voice? Because obviously, obviously Tenen- Tom Baker. I remember that I was mentioning about that trailer that it sounded like Tennant's voice saying, I'm the doctor. Remember that, Fuchsia? No. no. Nope. You're making oh, that shit God up. Damn it. She's making no. it up. <laughs> I had a fight with you on Twitter about it. Oh, a whole fight in 140 no, minutes or less. Really wow. It wasn't really a fight. <laughs> She's definitely a, making a this up. I don't remember. <laughs> that at all. The doctor's voice said, I'm the doctor, and I said, why does that sound like David Tennant? And you guys were like, no, it's not David Tennant. Okay, there's no you guys. I don't do Twitter, because it's horseshit. No, no, it was Fuchsia and some other person I was speaking with. <laughs> Anyone got any good lines from this? I personally liked the, we should get t-shirts. Quite like that. I've no idea what's going on. Yeah, we should get t-shirts. I reverse the jelly baby of the neutron flow was quite fun. No, it made my skin. Yeah. Just to upset you, you know. <laughs> Pretty much everything when the two dogs when, were talking to each other was cool. Yes, yes. When he was talking about the cockerel, and then he goes, I never thought I'd get to say that again. You're wondering, when did he say that? Yes, it's, I've got to get to that cockerel before all hell breaks loose. I never thought I'd have to say that again. <laughs> I love that. That was cute. Have you seen the preview that they've done with the blue guy? Shenanigans, that was fun. Oh, there's two. There's two previews with the blue guy. The blue guy is great. I want him as a permanent character. I saw the one where he says, you realize this is a doctor. You're going to get in trouble. Oh, yeah. There's a new one where he's talking to military bod and not the Rani. Interesting. I like him. He's cool. Yeah. yeah, I liked the whole Jadoon's brain. It was like this tiny... <laughs> it's like this tiny little box. And that's the whole brain you're going to have to look in. <laughs> that was a great gag. Yeah, the guys with lightsabers and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm hoping we're going to see some good Rory action. He's definitely got his Roman outfit on. Two-gun fucking mm. action, Rory. Get in yeah. there. Well, well, he is the good man. Yes, very probably he is. But if you look carefully at the trailer, you need to have a look at the symbol the military people have on their hats. That is an Omega. They had that symbol in the Angels episode. Oh, did they? Yes, they did. On their jackets and stuff. And River was wearing a jacket with the symbol on it. Now, hang on. Is it an Omega that looks like a line and a bulge and a line? Or is it an Omega that looks like a pair of bollocks? It's an Omega with a door in the middle of it. Yeah. Which makes me think of a gateway for Omega to come into this universe. Okay, well, I mean, technically, that's not canon. (laughs) (laughs) It should be a lowercase Omega. Yes, it should. 
Oh, yep. fuck. That is pedantic. And trust me, I've seen it simple a lot. The TARDIS system and tribute stuff that's done in Second Life is called Hands of Omega. And I designed this hand with that symbol in the middle of it, which unfortunately looks like somebody holding a pair of bullets. Yes. yes. You fucking designed it. It totally does. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't see it till later, dude. I really didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, so we've got nothing further to report then. Let's. Oh, um, well, sort of. Fuchsia Begonia. She's as mad as a tractor, but we're going to humour her. It's Fuchsia's crazy who conspiracy theory. The BBC website is horrendous in terms of spoilers, but there is a Victorian girl has appeared. She's not in any of the previews, so my conspiracy theory is that she is entirely probably a young version of River, and that River is actually going to kill Rory, who will turn out to be her dad. Oh no, now is this pure speculation on your part, or are you basing it on some sort of logic? Fucking, you don't even do drugs. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need to. No, you were clearly born on Class A. It's fucking hell, woman. What are you talking about? Uh. No, come on. Seriously, just analyse what you've just said. Go on, start start from the beginning. Just right, say that. that again. Well, there's various rumours flying around. No, you don't have to justify yourself. Just say it. It's ridiculous enough. Really. This is just <laughs> horseshit of the greatest magnitude. I'm sorry, Fluff. It is. Go on. Again. Let her go. Let her, let her laugh. Go. The new character on the BBC webpage is entirely probably a young version of River. River is going to end up killing her dad, who will turn out to be Rory. And that is the good man, the best man that she's ever known. <laughs> Oh, oh, no, okay. Now, when she, when she uh, says the best man and stuff like that she's ever known, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Because mm. they want you to think it's the Doctor, and it is not going to be the right. Doctor that she ends up no. killing. It's going to be Rory. Fingers mm. crossed, it might actually work this time. There was an important point in my life where I learned a very important thing about telling people that they were talking shit. We said, hey, we've been put up for a BAFTA for this website, and I said, if this wins a BAFTA, I will dance oh. naked in that fountain. <laughs> and we won the BAFTA obviously they let me keep my underwear on which I thought was very nice of them (laughs) but when Fuchsia puts things like that in and then when she puts little caveats about the BAFTA you don't know do you you just don't know with them under the monster oh yeah based on our success rate last year yeah I'm bang on (laughs) it's Fuchsia's crazy who conspiracy theory can I just say thanks <laughs> while we're here? A lot of people have really come out yes. of the work on the Facebook page. We've got ooh, we've got a hundred people today, Terence. <gasps> no way! Yeah, Seriously? Oh, yeah. oh my god! Double zero, Cherry. Lots of people are posting stuff, just amusing shit that they find, and you're more than welcome. Our wall is open to all. Look at this. Just reading from the Facebook wall, did you know that Lala Ward wrote two books on knitting? That's the quality of the shit that's being posted to our wall. See what you're missing out on? Oh, yeah. So I'd just like to thank Keith for the Fez, who's been posting loads and making lots of fine comments, and I'd also like to thank Emma and... Uh, 
Oh, Joe. Thank you very much, Joe. Joe's actually really amusing. And uh, Mr. Yeah. Rannigan, Nigel as well. Bless him. Having a go at us. Mr. Hadron, thank you very, very much. Darkling, you are as ever both purple and awesome. Mr. Purcell, thank you very much. Deeply flattered that you posted on our pages. And everybody else, Mr. Gregory, thank you very much. Some well-humorous shit going on there. Please come along. We'll be putting stuff up that goes on the blog, but the blog is still the main hub for all our stuff. We are trying to post something every day. If you've got any ideas, fuck off, because it's ours. (laughs) (laughs) You're so charming. (laughs) I know, really. Get your own fucking podcast. You spend eight (laughs) fucking hours editing this bag of shit from drunks slurring each other. Bye. 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 You've been listening to... The Dirty Hooers Doctor Who Podcast. Follow us on iTunes or at DirtyHooers.com. Find us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. See you next time. I got Marmite from on the back of my hand. I shouldn't have really sucked that before I checked something brown on the back of my hand, shouldn't I?